Welcome to Together for Salem. I am Monica. This is Aaron. He's here with us today, taking a break from his uh, bathroom remodel project. Mm -hmm. Maybe next week it'll be done. Fingers crossed. We'll Maybe. see what happens. It might not quite be there yet. Yeah. But I mean, I think during this whole COVID-19 thing, we've all gotten a lot of things done around the house. Some Those improvements. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So we're, we're glad that you're here with us. We are your hosts for this week's episode. Uh, we are representing Cross Creek Community Church, which is a church in Salem, mm -hmm. physically located, but virtually across the globe. Virtually anywhere. Uh, but we are a church for people who don't normally go to church. So sometimes we do things a little bit differently than maybe a church goer would expect, but you're, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're watching, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, uh, the podcast. Um, if you're new and you've just found us, stumbled upon us, or you haven't done it yet, there is a welcome form for you that you can fill out online and we'll send you a free e-gift card to say thanks for watching. That's right. Thanks for watching. And we're giving away something else. Yeah. We're, should we taco about that? Let's talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Azul's Tacos, two locations in Salem and one in downtown, one in West Salem. Mm -hmm. I count that as Salem. It counts. Um, but the winner this week for taco, $25 worth of tacos, Ooh. which is a lot, I don't, that's a lot of tacos. That's good. This is Adrian P. Adrian P. won Adrian our social P. media giveaway. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So you can take me with you. I'll go eat tacos if you're offering. If not, it's fine. He's a lovely date. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're Very welcome. Yeah. Uh, this week's giveaway, though, we love to give stuff away. We believe God does, and he loves people, so we like to show that, mm -hmm. is Brotherhood Coffee. Brotherhood Coffee on Madrona and Commercial. Oh yeah. Coffee, tamales, uh, donuts. What? So, Say what? I know. Yeah, you want to enter that on our social media this week. Yep. We'll have a way for you to uh, enter to win that. So. Yeah, like and subscribe our, to our social media channels and you'll see that giveaway coming up uh, early next week or early in the week, wherever you're watching this. Yeah, but whenever. Yeah, just check it out. We have um, easy random giveaways. So Adrian was our winner this week for Azul's and Brotherhood is next. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna wanna check that out because mm -hmm. I've heard great things Me too. about Brotherhood. I mean, donuts, I mean. I mean, who can complain about that? Nobody. Yeah, and tamales. Yeah. So it's like breakfast, lunch, and dinner all in one. You just stay there all day, drink yep. coffee, and eat donuts and tamales. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of drinking, um, we're gonna head it over to John, who's gonna talk to us about being full mm. versus empty in our last part of our Jesus versus religion series, part five. So pretty excited about that. So check it out, and we will see you on the other side. Right, yep. flip side. To you, John. So I grew up in church and it's kind of become almost a cliche, but on Super Bowl Sunday, the guy leading the band or the lady leading the band will usually say, hey, how's everybody doing today? And people are like, cause it's, you know, church. And they're like, ha ha, yeah, it's, we're, we're, just sing your songs. And they're like, no, you're about to watch the Super Bowl and you're gonna cheer way louder than that for the Super Bowl. And this is way more exciting than the Super Bowl cause this is church. <laughs> And people are like, oh yeah, okay, you know? And I mean, they were coming from a good place, but it just rang hollow, you know? Because what we were experiencing there and was religion. It was church. So it's like, well, yeah, we're gonna watch the Super Bowl, but right now we're doing our church songs, right? It just didn't, it didn't work. Because really, when you think about religion, it's not as exciting as the Super Bowl. Religion, honestly, for the most part, it's more like sophomore math class where, you know, you're, you're sitting through it. When's this going to be over? You know, when am I actually going to use this in life? And is, is what you're teaching right now, is that going to be on the test? Because if it is, then maybe I'll pay attention. 
It's a lot more like math class than the Super Bowl. And here's the thing. Here's, here's how we can boil down religion. Religion basically is trying to earn the acceptance of the God or the gods. And so we have this thing that we all, we might not call it this word, sin, but we all have this feeling that there's something separating us. There's something about us that the God or gods won't accept. And so we feel like we have to bribe them in some way. We have to make up for the things we've done that they don't like in some way. We have to do something to get their attention. And so religion has us do rituals or sacrifices. It's been this way since basically the beginning of time. We do these rituals or these sacrifices. We have to say these special prayers. Uh, We have to follow these rules in order to get on the God's good side. Every religion is like this. They just do it in different forms, in different ways, with different words. But it's the same idea. And if you think about it, like, that doesn't really even make sense. If there's this all-powerful being or beings out there, why would us minuscule little things, saying certain words or doing certain chants or even obeying certain rules, do anything for them? Like, why would they need anything like that from us? And so, really, the thing is, that wouldn't work anyway. Because the truth is, religion can't deliver on its promises. Doing all those things can't close whatever gap there is between us and, and the divine out there. It doesn't deliver on its promises. And sooner or later, after a while, I think we start seeing behind the curtain. We do these, maybe we grew up in some type of religion. And we see behind the curtain as we get older and realize, you know, no matter how many prayers I say, or how many rituals I do, or candles of light, or whatever, bad things still happen to the devout religious people. No matter what you do, bad things still happen. It doesn't, and and there's no real changes in your life. You just have less opportunity to do the things you want to do. So maybe there's less consequences, perhaps. I don't know. But it's, when you think about religion that way, it's no wonder you've rejected religion. Or it's no wonder that those you know and love have rejected religion. And now maybe you haven't rejected religion. right? Maybe you're, maybe you're still a religious, consider yourself a religious person. Maybe you haven't rejected, but deep down, maybe you feel there should be something more to this, especially with Christianity. Because Christianity promises this new life, this abundant life, this full life. Jesus himself said, I've come to give you life and life to the full. And we say, well, we've been promised that. And we read these stories about God working in people's lives. But where's that for me? See, it feels like there should be more to this Christianity thing than what I've experienced. I've been doing this stuff week after week, maybe year after year. And this is it? Like, it's just this religious routine? And so if we're honest, the religion, religion as probably we've experienced it, religion is empty and lifeless. If we actually like look at it and are honest, often the religion we've experienced is empty and lifeless. In fact, that's why Jesus rejected religion too. We've been talking about how Jesus rejected religion, Jesus versus religion. That's why Jesus rejected religion too. But he didn't just reject it, he did more. See, Jesus made religion obsolete and he replaced it with something infinitely better. He made religion obsolete. If you want to look up what that actually means, go deeper, go to uh, Hebrews 8 if you want to like, do the, your deep Bible study on that one. But this idea that Jesus made religion obsolete and replaced it with something infinitely better, Jesus actually revealed this basically for the first time to a nameless Samaritan woman. See, the Samar- and we don't expect that Jesus would do that. And so Samaritans, Jews and Samaritans, quick 
Middle Eastern ancient history lesson for you. The, the Samaritans were kind of a mixed ethnic group between Gentiles and Jews, and they lived near the, the Jewish people, but they had their own area called Samaria. And the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. They had a racial divide, and they had a huge religious divide. So the Samaritans said, hey, we need to worship on this mountain, and that's where you know God said we should worship. And the Jews say, no, we need to worship at the Temple Mount, where Solomon built his temple. And that's where, that's the right place to worship. In fact, the Jews even destroyed the Samaritans' temple at one point. And the Jews avoided Samaria like, like the plague. They hated Samaritans. And so for a respectable rabbi to be talking to a Samaritan woman, as we're going to see, it just never happened. But Jesus reveals this whole idea of religion to this nameless Samaritan woman. And we find this story in what we call the book of John. John was one of Jesus' disciples. In fact, John was probably Jesus' best friend. And so as John got older, he decided to write about what life was like with Jesus. And he wrote about this story of Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman. It's a story that I think really stuck out to John. And so here's, here's where that story picks up. Things are getting a little hot for Jesus with the religious leaders. And he's like, hey, my time's not come to like really throw down with these guys and have this whole trial and execution thing yet. I'm not ready. The time hasn't come. So let's lay low for a little bit. Let's go, let's go take a break. And so they head off out of the out of uh, the area and so this woman we're going to see she actually has I think this ancient Samaritan woman actually has more in common with us than than you might think and and you'll see but here's here's how the story starts so he left Judea and returned to Galilee he had to go through Samaria on the way see the thing is he didn't have to go through Samaria in fact Jews never went through Samaria yes it was a quicker route by time and distance but they had a route that they went around Samaria because Jews would never step foot in Samaria. So the fact that he had to go through Samaria, that actually isn't true. So why does it say he had to? Well, this woman needed him. He had to have this conversation that we're about to read about with this woman. He had to change this woman's life and he had to end religion as we know it forever. So like no big deal, right? But that's what's about to happen. And so they go through Samaria the disciples and Jesus get hungry. They, they stop to rest. They stop for lunch around noon, and the disciples go to, go to this nearby town to buy food. Probably a very uncomfortable experience for these good Jewish boys. They'd never even been there, and they were raised not to even mingle with Samaritans. And so Jesus stays at a well called Jacob's Well. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were the founding fathers of the Jewish nation. And Jacob had built this well, and the Samaritans were using it. So Jesus rests at this well, and a woman comes to the well about middle of the day. And Jesus asks her for some water. And here's what happens. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. In fact, the refused to have anything to do with, they wouldn't even use the same cups as Samaritans. So this is a big deal, him asking for a drink. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? You almost hear the anger in her voice, right? These, she knows that she's looked down upon by this Jewish people. There's like an, throughout this whole conversation, you can see an edge in her voice. And so for Jews, the only thing worse than a tax collector, as we talked about a few episodes ago, was a Samaritan. And the only thing worse than a Samaritan was a Samaritan woman. Men didn't speak to women in that culture. And especially a rabbi would not have spoken to a Samaritan woman. But Jesus isn't some ordinary rabbi. He isn't some ordinary Jewish man. See, Jesus did more to elevate the status of women than any religion ever has. 
And so the conversation goes on. Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And living water was, in what she probably took it as, was like a, a fresh spring of water that kept bubbling up, like the fresh water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. Again, to hear the edge in her voice. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Woman's <laughs> like, who do you, you weirdo? Who do you think you are? First of all, why are you talking to me? And where are you going to get this fresh, bubbling water? You don't even have a rope or a bucket to get really deep down into the well where the good water is. Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. That's how water works. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. So that's weird. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm not talking about what you think I'm talking about. This is, this is more than what you think. This is better than what you think. I'm talking about a full, real life. See, think about it. The Samaritans had been going to this well for years and years and years. Every day, over and over. This woman had been going to this well all the time. She had to keep going back, doing the same thing over and over to get this water that would last for a bit, quench her thirst for a bit, but then she'd get thirsty again and have to come all the way back and get more water. There was no running water, right? It didn't satisfy. This water didn't, didn't last. It's a lot like religion, if you think about it. Doing the same thing over and over and over, hoping that it'll satisfy someday, hoping that it'll quench that thirst or close that gap or, or relieve that guilt. And maybe it works for a while, but then again, then later you get thirsty, you get dry, you get dissatisfied. So you got to go back and right, get refilled up, right? I got I to gotta get my, my fill. I got to get fed every, every week because it just doesn't fully satisfy. You have to keep going back, doing the same thing over and over. And whether you're religious or not, I think we've kind of all done this. We've tried to do the same things over and over, hoping our lives will get better, hoping our lives will be different, but the same results keep happening. Because we keep doing the same thing. Nothing actually satisfies what we're looking for, whether we use religion or, or something else. We need something new. We need something that can last. And so this woman is thinking, well, yeah, that'd be great. Like water that gives eternal life. I never get thirsty again. I, yeah, give me that water. And she, I think maybe she's starting to understand that Jesus isn't talking just about water. He might be talking about something better, something deeper. But first, Jesus gets to her true need to kind of see, look, what you've been doing doesn't really work. And so she, he needs to show her the true failure of the religion she's been relying on. And so he says, go get your husband. And that doesn't seem like a big deal, right? I mean, this Jewish man talking to a woman, he's like, well, let's talk to your husband. But there's a reason for that. Because she replies, she says, well, I, I don't have a husband. And Jesus, being Jesus, says, you're right. You've had five husbands. And the one you're with now isn't your husband. Which seems harsh, right? That he's pointing out this, this woman's failure in relationships. But that's why this woman was there in the middle of the day. Women in the Middle East usually would go get water in the morning, so they would go in the cool of the day, talk with each other, then have water for the rest of the day. This woman went when all the women weren't there, so she wouldn't have to face the women in her village. 
She wouldn't have to hear the ridicule or, or look at or see their looks of her because of these failed marriages, whatever the reason was, and the fact that she's now living with a man who's not her husband, which was a scandal in that day. That's why she's there. She's been rejected by others. And what Jesus is saying is what you've been doing with your life, this religion of yours, isn't it's not satisfying. It's it's not working. It's it's failing. You're doing the same thing over and over with the same result. You still have the same hurts. You still have the same failures. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there now. Well, this gets this woman's attention. And so she says, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Like, you must be from God. I've had, we've never met. How do you know that about me? So if you're this prophet, so tell me, why is it that you Jews still have that edge in her voice, that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship. Well, we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped. The woman says, you, look, you're right. What I've been doing isn't working. And obviously you're from God. So, so then what's the right way to reach him? Is it this the way that we Samaritans have been doing it on this mountain? Or is it the way the Jews are doing it? What's the right religion? What's the right ritual? What's the right way to reach God? What are the right motions, the hoops for me to jump through? The, which places are correct to do my religion? <laughs> it's not the right question. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman. You hear the love in his voice? Believe me, dear woman. The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether, no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. It can be confusing. Jesus is saying, religion was good. It got our attention about God and taught us about him, but its purpose is over. It, the religion has served its purpose. Now the real thing is here. Religion was us trying to reach God, but now the real thing is here. It's not about locations and rituals and rules and sacrifices. What Jesus is pointing out is this. It might be a hard truth, but it's also, I think, a hopeful, refreshing truth. We can't reach God through religion. We can't reach God through religion because it's so much better. It's so much more than that. We don't have to go through the religious rituals but to, to know God. See, what this is all about, what Jesus has brought, is about truly knowing God and being transformed into new people. And this is, this is how the conversation ends. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the, the promised one, the Savior, the one that God promised way long ago that God would bless the world through Abraham, who would, who would bring God's kingdom to earth. I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. See, religion is us trying to reach God, trying to do these things to reach God. But that's not what it's about. God reached us through Jesus. God came to us through Jesus. Jesus made religion obsolete because we don't have to reach for him anymore. He came to us. See, religion is like trying to pay a bill that someone's already paid for you. It doesn't make sense trying to do these things to pay for something that's already been paid for. Following Jesus is accepting his payment, trusting that he paid it 
for you already, that the payment's already been paid for. And sin, yeah, it does separate us, right? It hurts us, it hurts those we love, and it hurts our relationship with God. And we can't do anything to change the past. We can't do anything to change and take away the sin that we've already committed. But Jesus came and took that penalty. He removed that sin by dying on the cross. There's nothing left to pay for. So the rituals, the prayers, the sacrifices, they're they're pointless. They're empty because it's already been paid for. All we have to do is just trust that Jesus paid for it. And then he begins transforming you from the inside out, giving you this new life. See, Christianity isn't a religion. It's it's not about what you do. It's, It's about who you trust, not what you do. The doing is the result of the fact, I trust Jesus. I see people that he loves and I want to help them. That's where the doing comes from. So with this idea of of religion being obsolete and it's about trusting Jesus, I think I want to give you three invitations. Maybe you can take all three. Maybe you can pick one. I don't know. Here's three invitations. First, just consider. Have an open mind. Consider these ideas. See, the first person Jesus revealed his identity to, this is like huge. He'd always tell people, hey, don't, don't tell anybody that you got, you know, you got healed by me. I don't want it getting out. Well, he tells this woman straight up, I am the Messiah. I am the one. To this nameless, rejected woman, he sought her out. He didn't have to go to Samaria, but he chose to, to meet her. And he used who she was, her whole failures and all, to show her the truth. Think about it. What if she hadn't been rejected by those women? What if she hadn't had those five marriages that made her look down on it in society? She wouldn't have been at the well at the time Jesus was there. That's mind-blowing that Jesus used all of that to reach her and reveal who he was for the first time to the world. She wouldn't have been there to meet him privately. And I've been saying this over and over that God uses our own experiences to reach us. He knows who we are. He knows where we've come from, and he uses our experiences to reach us. He does that for each of us. So consider, what have you done over and over expecting different outcomes? There's a life you want. God wants you to have that full life too, but what have you been doing over and over to reach that? How's that been working? Consider, is he using who you are, where you are now, to show you that he is reaching for you? Maybe religions become lifeless, point, a, a lifeless, pointless burden for you. You realize that religion never lives up to its promises. Maybe you expected more out of this Christianity journey or this journey of life. It's time to stop doing a religion. And it's time to start trusting and following Jesus because there's a huge difference. God has reached down to us. God has come down to us as Jesus. We don't have to do anything to earn his acceptance. He accepts you and he invites you to enjoy a relationship with him now and forever, to enjoy a full life now and forever. So consider and then maybe choose to trust. Not what you do to reach God, not what you do to make your life better, self-improvement, that type of thing. Let go of what hasn't been working. I mean, what you've been doing has brought you this far. Is that where you wanted to end up? Let go of what's not been working. Trust the one who can give you a full and true life. 
Maybe you call yourself a Jesus follower, and maybe not. But if that's the life you want, there's never been a specific point in your life that you can point to and say, Jesus, I choose to trust you. I choose to follow you. Do that now. Say, I choose to trust you. I choose to follow you. I'm done trying to get myself better. I'm done trying to do self-help and all of that and follow these religious rules. I just want to follow and trust you. That's all you have to do. So I invite you to trust. And then I invite you to live. See, life is not about getting religious participation points. Where the, the worse the experience is, the better, the more God's happy with you. The more bored you are, the better. No. See, with Jesus, we can see every day as a chance to see what God is doing in the people around us, who he's brought to us, and having the courage to join him in it. Having the courage to love others through his love. It's not always easy, but it's always worth it. And it gives you a life that you can actually be excited about. Here's here's what happens with the woman. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. She's not ashamed anymore. She's excited that she met this Messiah. Could he possibly be the Messiah? And so the people, seeing a difference in her, so the people came streaming from the village to see him. The very first person who's like, come see Jesus, was this woman because she experienced what following and trusting Jesus was, not religion. So what if we experienced that freedom, the freedom to be exactly who we were made to be? What if we could have every part of life, every relationship, every job, every task we have renewed and filled with purpose and meaning? What if we stopped following a lifeless and pointless religion and accepted the true full life Jesus offers? If you have questions about any of this, if you said, yes, I want to follow Jesus, reach out to us. You can do it at this site here and email us and we will get back to you. But what if we did that? What if we actually trusted and followed Jesus and and forgot about the rules and the rituals and trying to reach God and earn his favor? He already loves you. He already accepts you. We just have to trust him. See, religion offers meaningless routines and rituals. Jesus offers a life of true meaning. Rituals and routines can never satisfy our true needs. Renewal. A relationship with God who loves and accepts you is the true source of a full, lasting, eternal life. The choice is ours. What choice are you going to make? Thank you, John, for that reminder. We can choose a relationship with Jesus instead of ritualistic religion. That's really good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is good news. What else is good news? What, uh, what, what kind of news do we have for the people this week? There's all kinds of good news. And it's a lot of it's linked in the show notes below. So be sure you check out our show notes. Um, we've got uh, recommended readings that could go along with this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, music we listened to while we were making this episode. Some fun things. Uh, links to the giveaways. So mm-hmm. check out those businesses and follow them on the social, social's needs. Social's needs. The social's needs. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing is one of the things we've been including in this um, 
this these episodes is the, a link to the chosen which is a really cool um show about the life of jesus it's really well done it's not cheesy no it's not um this week we're going to post a snippet of the woman at the well so it's uh, really well done <laughs> and we wanted to share it with you because it kind of goes along with it definitely goes along with this message i know it's beautiful mm -hmm. so um be sure to follow us on social media and we'll post that at some point, but there's a link to The Chosen too, so you can watch it for yourself. Mm -hmm. All of season one is available for you. It's so a good show. It's a good show. So that's in our show notes. Uh, also in our show notes are questions and they're gonna come up at the end here. So if you wanna discuss um, what John talked about with a partner mm -hmm. or in a connect group, uh, those questions are coming up for you and they're also linked below. So last thing is, if you wanna donate to Cross Creek, we are a 501c3 here in Salem. Uh, we run on the donations of uh, sweet yeah. people like you. Um, so it's just a good way to keep a good thing going. It's kind of like paying it forward. So there's a link below if you wanna to donate to Cross Creek. Um, but we appreciate you guys. Thank you for letting us into your homes or your phones. Or your life. Yeah. Your life, yeah. So um, comment below, let us know you're watching. Thanks for watching. And we're gonna see you next week for uh, episode 20. Ooh, very something special, special. Something a little bit different next week uh, for episode 20. So we're kind right. of excited about that. So we'll see you then. Yep. See you soon. Have a good week. Bye.